What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Um, have an exciting episode to talk about today. Um, specifically, you know, if I think for many people, very curious sort of how real estate investors, uh, I think they give they're given a bad connotation sometimes and um, mm-hmm. the, the money amount of money that you can make um, and the value you kind of add um, sort of to the community and such. So we're going to kind of uncover that a little bit. But of course, uh, as I always, don't forget to subscribe, like this uh, channel, uh, like this episode. Uh, you know, we're just trying to put the word out um, for you guys, uh, but appreciate all the support. Um, want to hear you guys in the chat, of course, if you have any questions or anything pertaining to what we've talked about, uh, or if there's any topics you would like us to cover, um, we're always down for that. But uh, to get into the today's topic, which is how the rich buy real estate, really. And I think we've, mm-hmm. these last couple of weeks, we've kind of um, gone over that in, in certain ways of like, how can you... Um, you know, how can you take down multifamily, um, how to find the real, the right real estate market. Um, you know, like we're kind of like dropping crumbs in, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, what you can attain and it is attainable. You don't need, um, crazy amounts of money or anything like that. Um, there's plenty of ways, you know, you guys can, uh, make money, um, and really utilizing, uh, strategies that the rich use to, buy real estate to make more money um, and how you don't need to sort of lose your values or, um, you know, to, to be that successful. I think that's usually, mm-hmm. I, I remember um, having conversations and in, in terms of like understanding what's a tenant friendly state versus a right. landlord friendly state and, um, and having the conversations of saving taxes or um, owning properties. And, you know, it's, I think I remember hearing, well, that's what, um, you know, the rich people do, or that's mm-hmm. what Republicans, you know, that's what they look out for. And it gets all political. Right. Um, sure and, it's, and it's really interesting uh, now with like my perspectives of, you know, it's, it's attainable, like anybody mm-hmm. can reach it. Um, and I think more and more, especially now with like uh, platforms like EYL and um, you know, there's all the other um platforms that are coming out to like True. talk about financial literacy and mm-hmm. and um, how you can become a better investment. It's become more attractive. Real estate has. Yeah. Um, and it's always been attractive for the wealthy. I think just understanding right. how to be an investor. Um, but, you know, Tim, why don't you kind of break down like why, you know, in terms of the wealthy, why they, uh, why real estate is always sort of the strategy or the investment vehicle that they like to park their money in basically yeah i think the main reason it's very attractive for like the rich and wealthy is because um it's you know it's relatively stable um and and it's an actual asset as well too so um and real estate tends to appreciate uh as well um and then they can generate passive income like rental income um, from it. So, um, and it provides both short-term and long-term financial benefits. So I think that's why the, that's the biggest draw for real estate. Um, 
you know, and it all depends on the market and, and, um, you know, some, some rich, uh, or wealthy people, um, it's just one aspect of their portfolio. Right. So I think, um, but the main draw is, you know, they're going to put some money into real estate, get some appreciation, make some, um, return on their investment and, um, keep building their wealth. And that's, that's the biggest thing. And going back to what you were saying is that I think social media and just the boom of certain platforms allow like YouTube or um, Instagram, TikTok, allow uh, more education on avenues like this that make it more accessible for people to get in and learn and, and try to be a real estate investor or generate wealth through these financial education platforms right yeah but you do have to be careful i mean how many people have we heard that um spent 30 grand on a course (laughs) that they saw on instagram or uh i mean i think we were talking to dalen last week and he was like yeah i spent three grand or five grand um because it's all sales right like and Mm -hmm. what we've learned is sales is built off emotions Mm -hmm. so if you can kind of get um you know, the seller, whoever you're marketing to, like to feel emotional, uh, mm-hmm. you have them in the bag. Right. right. Um, so uh, I think you're right. Bec- I think people have learned in- influencers and, and mm-hmm. other uh, corporations have learned, okay, a lot of the populations are on uh, these social platforms, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram. How can we, and we're seeing more ads too, right. On Instagram, mm-hmm. like, and uh, because they have AI packed behind them too, like I, I swear, I'd be, I'll be talking about something, and then it's like it's, it shows up in my Instagram feed, where as like right. an ad, mm-hmm. like, dude, this is weird. Like I was just talking about <laughs> um, something, and it's that it's just like it's literally uh, psychological, where it's like right. okay, you start, you think about it, or you talk about it, and then you see it, and then you feel some type of emotion. So um, I, I think you're you're spot on. You just have to be careful. And like mm-hmm. vetting and, and like, you know, who you, you want to, um, which investor or influencer mentor with a coach you kind of mo- want to move forward with, you kind of have to do your due diligence. Um, and I think we both, uh, can agree and many others who are on here. Um, I think picking the, uh, Chris Jefferson's group, I think mm-hmm. was a, you know, great investment, uh, just because he's, he's so real, um, yeah. and, and genuine and transparent too about, his journey. And, uh, I think that's what, um, you know, I, I don't mind being sold that, you know what I mean? Like realness <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, when it comes right. to that. So, um, you know, it's, and it's also interesting because, um, you know, if you think about the wealthy, most of them have had a generate generations after generations and generations before them, um, of the sort of education and financial literacy. And so they've had a yes. step ahead. And if we talk about, people of color, you know, our black and brown communities, um, you know, we're just, we're having to catch up, play catch up. We always have. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm noticing now this generation, uh, even the new generations are becoming more informed and educated. They're, they're prioritizing their education to get ahead. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, we, I mean, there's even people in the group in their twenties, like, you know, right. late teens, um, you know, awesome. just to have the mentality of like a 30 year old kind of way of thing mm-hmm. of, in terms of like, Hey, I'm going to uh, work towards this. And it's, it's really inspirational. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and that's what it takes it, it you know there is a lot of catching up to do you know for many of our communities but um in terms of, of what it is you have to it has to start with somebody right um right. and so once you kind of uh gather um insight or kind of um conquer a certain sector of like real estate so for us it's been wholesaling right mm -hmm. uh you know, dabbling in commercial as well once you kind of start to generate income it's the the main the issue is we get money we spend it on like on things and if mm -hmm. you know if you know the wealthy they make their money work for for them for their themselves mm -hmm. and their families right whatever right. the income they earn they put that somewhere else they invest it somewhere else where it's the stock market bonds real estate, you name it. Um, they're having their money work for them and then they're receiving money on the, on the back end. Uh, and it's all, it's all long-term. I think that's also the other issue is like people want yeah. their money now. They want money quick. And as the, what we've learned with the wealthy is it takes time. You have to be, have patience. It's the long game mm -hmm. um, that's, that's happening. So, you know, the, how the rich really keep getting rich is they keep reinvest reinvesting their money. Um, they understand kind of the market trends and what's going on. Um, so if you know if people are in a panic, that mm -hmm. usually is the right time to buy. If people are like feeling great, that's usually the time to sell. So it's just you you just become um, you know you're you're educating yourself. You're a student. You're always a student learning more. Um, so I, I think there's certain habits too that you have to kind of integrate to that. I'm sure a lot of the wealthy do to stay informed, stay, staying educated. So instead right. of spending an hour on Instagram, just scrolling through, through stuff, maybe spending an hour, not only on YouTube, but reading articles, like what's, what's going on and stuff. So, um, I think that's a big part and, that's a huge um, part. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I, I, um, I was having a conversation with the seller yesterday. Um, and she's, I think in her seventies, she lives in uh, Colorado, actually, but she has properties in L.A. And um, she was just talking about like, yeah, I want to I want to develop tiny homes out here mm -hmm. in Colorado. And um, she was just saying like, yeah, I read like, you know, one thing I've taught my kids is like they don't have to go to college, but you have to like continue your education somewhere, mm -hmm. um, learning somewhere. And I think um, I think that's the, the biggest thing, too, that the wealthy do is they pass down that information right? The, the, the education, uh, that a lot of times we weren't given because, you know, our parents didn't know anything, um, right. you know, related to that. So, uh, she was just talking about like, you know, I continue harping to my kids, like read, like, you know, stay in the know of like what's going on in, you know, the development community, like things like that. And she was even telling me like, Oh, did you know, this is what's going on. This is what I read today. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, her, it was just really inspiring to, to see like somebody, um, you know, who's a woman, uh, and, and talking about like, Hey, you have to stay in the, in the know, like, mm -hmm. constantly. and I think that's the biggest thing too, that the wealthy do is that's how you can kind of make pivots ahead of time or, you know, um, make smart decisions is like educating yourself on, on situations. So yeah, just things like that, that I think, um, building these habits um, early on or as early as you can, I think will go a long way. Yeah, that's huge. I think um, getting back to like kind of generational wealth, and I think it's a discussion that Chris had in uh, I think the last call he had in regards to um, you could be, you're the one that could make the difference in your family. 
um, just like in, you know, people that have generational wealth, there was one person in their family that made that money mm -hmm. or um, made the right business decision, whether it was a company or whether it was real estate, whatever it was to generate that wealth. And right. then they were able to provide for their family to give them the right education to help them build more on top of that wealth, right? And that financial literacy and all that. So it's not just maybe you um, being the one, but it's also you putting your future family um, generations um, in a position to continue to generate wealth, not just yourself for your family, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's that's where it's like it becomes bigger than you, right? Mm -hmm. like what what it is you're building, and um, you know, you can be seen as the black sheep because you know there's just there's just so many things you have to do. It's not you know when it's on you, like you have that pressure, that weight, uh, but mm -hmm. you kind of embrace that way. Like anybody who's um, you know, become a multimillionaire or like you know, kind of really created this generational wealth for their family will will probably say. Of like that pressure um, that you're applying to yourself. And sometimes you do it intentionally, right? So you can keep yourself motivated. That's kind of like your vision, like your, your why, right? Like that's why mm -hmm. I, we also talk about like understanding your why, like, why are you doing this? Like it's cause it's, we, we think it's like, yeah, it's money so we can do this, but it's never about money. Ultimately mm -hmm. uh, money helps. So, I mean, money, money's always going to be an option, but like, what is right. your why? Um, that keeps you going on those days that you really don't feel like waking up early or you don't feel like doing anything. It's that why that's going to keep you going. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I, I think I think that's a, a great topic in and of itself, uh, in yeah. terms of like generational wealth. Um, but we can kind of um, switch gears here and, and sort of talk about like the different ways that the wealthy invest in real estate. Um and obviously, like once you kind of have some money you, and you ha you have more options, once you have more, you open your eyes to um, the different strategies and like just educating yourself, the more opportunities that will start presenting itself for, for you. Um, and so what would you say, uh, at least because I know you've worked in with a few uh, bigger investors, like what are some areas that um, they look to invest in, in specifically in real estate? Well, I think um, there's, you know, the active investor and then there's the passive investor. So like the active investors will invest in like commercial properties. Um, they actually will maybe create a fund um, that will invest in multiple um, properties. So like a portfolio of properties as well, too. Um, and then um, buying multiple rental properties, right? So those are the kind of the major um, real estate investment. Uh, on the commercial side, there's so many types of commercial properties to, to pick. But usually when they're talking about uh, a high number um, in regards to getting a return is going to be mostly on the commercial side, right? Or if it's a portfolio of different houses uh, within a certain region, they'll buy like, you know, 20 houses or 50 mm -hmm. houses um, within that because somebody is ready to offload that many houses in their portfolio. So right. I think um, it really kind of depends on the 
various strategies for the investor. So like a passive investor would be someone that wants to get into real estate, but doesn't want to, you know, learn all of it. So they'll invest into, let's say a fund or they'll invest into a um, particular property as uh, a limited partner. So they don't really make the decisions in in the day-to-day operations for that investment. They just put their money in. They know they're going to get a return on that investment in like five to three to five years. Right. Yeah. And that's a, you know, it's also kind of part of the syndication, right? Like if you're um, more, you know, the uh, investor kind of um, fund, you know, uh, fundraising, you know, to, you know, say in this, this happens as a syndicator, um, or people that, you know, basically ask, uh, people to invest their money, uh, that gets put in a pot to purchase a, usually this, this is done for like bigger complexes. Um, yep. you know, there's uh people like Michael Blanc, I think, uh, Vina, uh, forget her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they do a lot of that where, um, they basically are like, Hey, I have this deal. Um, you know, I have this fund open. Um, this is the potential returns. This is what you can donate kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So usually you look for people who make a lot of money, like doctors, um, professionals. I mean, now you're seeing athletes become more involved in investments as well, uh, Mm -hmm. which is huge. It's something that really wasn't um, kind of uh, shown before. Uh, And so I think uh, people are really uh, understanding like, hey, I, you know, especially as, as an athlete, like my career doesn't last forever. How can I like take my money that I'm making now mm-hmm. as an active, you know, this is my right. active income, you know, even though, um, you know, uh, ball players are, are making tons of money, like it's technically active income. Um, they're knowing, understanding like, hey, what's going to happen after my career? Mm-hmm. I need to right. invest more. Um, and so you're, 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 seeing these sort of trends now where it's like becoming cool to, to invest. And, and so there's ways that you can invest your money passively. Like Tim said, uh, where it's like, whether a syndication or, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's like somebody like me, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be syndicating, but like, maybe I'm like, Hey Tim, like I, I found this really great deal. Mm-hmm. Would you want to go 50, 50? Uh, I can mm-hmm. operate it. You have some money. Uh, let's, let's go all in kind of thing. Um, and that's a way where it's like, all right, I'm giving you the money, but I'm not going to handle the operations, but maybe I just want to kind of learn from you. That's like the best way. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about that too in the multifamily episode. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's um, there's many different ways like we've talked about and um, in, in how you invest. It's just kind of educating yourself or, or partnering up with somebody who has more experience that can kind of walk you through the process. Um, if you have a W-2 income or nine to five, mm-hmm. you can qualify for money and then just just go find somebody who you trust that knows what they're doing. Be like, Hey, I have money I can put down for a down payment or whatever. Like, tell me what, what needs to be done. Like, let's, let's find some, some deals. Um, but you know, with that, there does come risks as well with real estate investing. Of course. Um, nobody is like perfect. There's plenty of people who've lost money, um, because they didn't manage maybe their, uh, portfolio, right. Or the timing maybe wasn't right. And, um, for, for, something like that. I think a really great book that I have found to be super helpful and like understanding the market and the, the specifically the real estate markets is uh, a book called emerging real estate markets by David mm. Lindahl. 
Mm. He's like a very popular uh, multifamily investor uh, who started in the 08 crash right. um, and kind of talks about how he kind of built his portfolio and um, what to what trends to look out for. I think he talks about, um, you know, like the different phases in the market where it's a buyer's mm -hmm. market, seller's market. Um, so it's really great to kind of kind of capture those insights and then you start getting the trends so you can avoid these sort of um, downsides and risks. But there's sure. always going to be risks um, mm -hmm. when it comes to real estate. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, you know, like you, you mentioned, there's there's so many ways to get into it. Um, it just kind of depends. And we're saying, you know, the, this is how the wealthy um, actually kind of, you know, their how they invest in you know real estate. Different ways for them. The same thing could be for you. Um, just getting into real estate, you mm -hmm. can take some of these, you might not start out with like a commercial property or, you know, something of that nature, but something like a residential property that, you know, it could be like a duplex or a fourplex and house hack that. And that could be your first investment there. Right. So, and then right. partner up with like, you know, a Gladia and, and, you know, be an operator and do a lot of the grunt work and then they just provide the money. So it, it like what you said is just spot on. So we're taking some of these principles that the rich are doing and have been doing for a long time. And then, you know, educating people on um, you can do this maybe on a smaller level to where then eventually you'll get into um, the bigger investments later on, but getting your feet wet, uh, definitely in this industry in real estate and in investing is, you know, a big step for you and your family for, uh, the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, and that, that's where I say, again, the pressure is kind of on you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when it, especially when it comes from you, it's always nice where it's like, oh, my dad or my mom were, you know, in mm -hmm. real estate. So you kind of have that guidance. Um, I don't have that opportunity per se, uh, but I know I have, you know, um, relationships built. Um, I have uh, coaches, mentors or whatever, who I can kind right. of reach out and, um, and ask that, like, that shouldn't limit you to want wanting to you know reach higher heights and, and want the best mm -hmm. for, for you and your family um right. and i think also kind of considering the bigger picture of it all like real estate is such a and real estate itself is like its own like um it's in its own island because <laughs> you have real estate in general but then you have like sub categories under um real estate or sub like specialties where you have like you have the commercial residential side, you also have like I mean even within commercial right there's multifamily, industrial, yeah. um, you know retail, multi-use like there's just so many aspects. I mean, I was just talking to that lady who's doing tiny homes. There's mm -hmm. affordable housing. There's development and under development is like you know um, you know buildings and all zoning and you know there's just so many aspects of it. But that's just a small piece, too, of the investment bubble. I think um, di diversifying, like once you kind of get into uh, at least this is kind of like my plan is like once I've kind of established, at least on the real estate side, like, you know, a portfolio mm -hmm. um, is like kind of also 
investing in like stocks and bonds and mm -hmm. like other areas. Like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I think real estate itself is a really great basket uh, to keep a lot of your funds, but it's good to diversify. And like, you know, that's where you come kind of financially literate where you mm -hmm. can be like, Hey, you know, stocks, this is, I have a good understanding or I have people who can help me kind of point around the, the, the long, the bigger picture. Um, but bonds as well. Like I'm not that much of an expert on bonds, but I hear a lot of great things. There's also mm -hmm. life insurance, um, just any type of asset that's not a liability, um, yeah. you know, that makes sense. Uh, you want to invest in. Yeah. And just educating yourself on that. Like I know the big discussion in commercial real estate now, and especially multifamily is getting a return. Like, you know, if the cap rate is under 4%, um, why would an investor invest in this particular property? Because, um, you know, the T-bond gives a 2% 2, 2 or a 4% return, 4.5% return in two years. And mm -hmm. you're waiting three to five years on this other investment um, for multifamily. So right. those are the discussions that we have, you know, on the commercial side is that, you know, people are tightening up their requir requirements because of the market right now. Right. Um, and um, utilizing, hey, I can utilize another portfolio to get my return. So they're weighing different strategies within their uh, investment portfolio to see what is the better return for them. So like you're saying, you know, getting into stocks and bonds and, and these other investment opportunities is a part of your portfolio. Um, right. And that's, that's going to just in, increase your amount of wealth that you are. You're, and if you educate yourself on how to do that, then um, you're going to be better in the long run. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all it is, is um, I think educating yourself and, uh, changing your mindset, you know, to be an investor, like what, what does that mean? It's, um, you know, especially like considering how um, investors that we know, how, how they kind of analyze an opportunity that comes their way. Sometimes it's like the opportunity that does come, like, it's just not the right time or, Hey, I'm not educated on this enough to make this decision. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, some people sometimes jump in it and like, it's, it doesn't work out that great, right? Because it's like um, they just weren't ready. They weren't prepared or they didn't like, um, you know, reach out to the right people to kind of um, advise them on like what's what's best. So um, I think that, you know, that's where it's like, hey, inv investment is like the long run. And, mm -hmm. you know, what's funny is I, having this conversation with the the seller last night, um, she's like, you sound young. How old are you? And I'm like, I'm not young. <laughs> like. I was like, I'm in my 30s. I'm like, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that technically is young, I guess. Yeah, it's young still. Um, and she's like, younger oh, than me for sure. He's like, you're just a baby. <laughs> you're just a baby. Like, and um, that kind of made me look at it in perspective because when I see these, a lot, of, there's a lot of 20 year olds, right, in our, our group and like other areas that are absolutely killing it. You know, I, I try, I, I tend to be like, oh, I'm just old, you know, I'm getting old and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I, I realized that was also my mindset too, like um, that I was uh, kind of blocking, you know, that energy, so, 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 so to speak. Um, and so hearing her who's like in her seventies or I think late seventies or something like that saying like, Oh, you're, you're still young. Like, mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. a long way to go. It just also made me think like, 
this is a long run. Like this is a long game. Uh, this is a marathon. Like, you know, and, and th this is where you get caught up in like, well, why am I not in the position I should, you know, others mm -hmm. are or yeah. things like that. And it's just like, I have, you know, I do have time. I can't compare myself to where other people are, but, um, you know, there's, there, there's oh, like, it's never late. It's never too late. Yeah, Whether you're in your 40s, late. 50s, 60s, it's just never too late. It's just, you got to start with one uh, investment property um, and the rest is sort of history. So um, I think also kind of changing. Um, yeah, see, Craig, 40s is yeah. young. I bought my first house at 37, 46 now. Yeah, man. See, that's like, see, that's that's like the mental block we put ourselves mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm in my 30s. Like, you know, what's going to what's going to happen? I haven't even reached my midlife crisis yet. Or maybe this is what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's never too late. So it's just like yeah. start. it's never too late to start investing, start educating, invest in your education. Um, and the rest is going to follow. Um and I kind of want to end these last uh, couple minutes here with like example of real estate investors who we've kind of encountered. I mean, yeah. I know we have the, you know, Warren Buffett and, you know, our Warren Buffett's uh, in the mm -hmm. world um, who are successful investors known as successful investors. But the investors mm -hmm. that uh, we kind of want to pinpoint are people of color um who we've interacted with one way or, or another um just that kind of came up off the top of our heads of like what they're doing in in the industry um and also educating uh right um so i think uh tim you probably had a a few lists that we um mentioned yeah we i mean i think this list just encompassed like people that we personally kind of know or have met and um you know they're kind of changing the game um in real estate the first one of course is chris uh, chris jefferson always look him up he's got a great course on how to get started in wholesaling um and uh, another another group uh these ladies are amazing they started women in real estate kalani and Brittany. Um, so if you could look them up, they are amazing, um, people just in general, one, they have a wealth of knowledge in the real estate combined between development, commercial, residential, um, now even funds, um, they're raising a fund too. So it's just amazing to see their growth, um, and how they got started was on, um, well, a social media right and it was uh, what was the platform oh clubhouse that's clubhouse yeah that's how they met and they've kind of grown their uh user base to um encompass every woman that is in the real estate industry whether you're an agent investor you know title company whatever you are in the real estate world they've kind of create a support kind of group to uh, encourage uh, other women so it's a it's a great organization and I'm always giving them love and props and um, so they're doing a great job there mm -hmm. um, Pace Morby um, is the sub two guy he's he's an amazing person as well too I mean he's got a huge following in what he does and he teaches you how to uh, kind of be the bank and uh, understand how do you get properties um, if there's existing mortgages or someone 
uh, owns the property free and clear. So uh, that's another person, um, Chris Senegal, developer in um, the Atlanta area, um, I believe, right? In, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So, um, and he's more about, uh, you know, buying the block and then kind of giving back to the city um, in these certain neighborhoods. And so he's building huge apartment complexes, uh, commercial properties to help give back to the community. Um, you know, look him up as well. Um, Cole Michael is also in Atlanta as well. He's a huge developer. He has an amazing story as well. Um, another developer to follow, of course, is B-Rule. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's kind of just changed the game as well. And he has uh, a wealth of knowledge on actually, you know, starting your development, a career um, or development investment in, in commercial properties, mostly multifamily, of course. So those are some of the people that, you know, uh, we've both kind of uh, met and have a relationship with. And um, I think following these people will kind of help your journey in real estate investing, no matter what avenue you go into real estate investing you got to pick you know what lane you're you're going to focus on but it's amazing how we got started in this and we were able to connect with all these amazing people and they're very supportive it wasn't right. like they were you know oh hey yeah okay no it's like how can i help you right that's right that's, that's an amazing question to receive from someone that is already successful right in their right. own right and especially in this industry because it's so kind of cutthroat sometimes yeah, and right. people just don't realize like the gesture of a person asking you how can they help you makes a difference in your real estate career absolutely uh i think what i've learned too is just to be a go-giver um mm -hmm. coming in with adding value being intentional with the value you do add to, to people. And uh, these people we just named off, like are definitely go-givers. Um, you know, they want to make a difference in their communities uh, and they are um, off the bat. And so, you know, I think this is the power of relationships too. Mm -hmm. That's a wealthy um, do so kind of to end it with like your network is your net worth um, mm -hmm. these people who are successful they have a huge amount of a huge network of people uh, that specialize maybe in different things so it's like hey if you need something you can always reach out to these people um, and, and helping out and not kind of expecting anything in return right just mm -hmm. kind of coming in to, to be to have that helping hand so um Really love that we're able to unpack this today uh, because I think people overwhelm themselves. Maybe they overthink mm -hmm. things um, and, you know, it really isn't that complicated. I think like you said, Tim, focus on one avenue and like whether, you know, whether your start is real estate or not, like focus on like what specific strategy you, you want to focus on. So is it wholesaling, uh, creative finance, um, you know, and just become really good at one thing. And then, you know, and I think that's the problem is like, there's just so many options and <laughs> we're a distracted society. Um, we get distracted sure. easily. Um, so if you can focus on one thing, like focus on that one thing, conquer it, specialize in it, 
and then kind of see where you want to pivot from there. Um, you can still continue that, um, but you can incorporate other things. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys got a lot out of that today and, um, you know, really appreciate you guys coming on and, and, and supporting and, uh, don't forget 100%. to subscribe, uh, like us on, um, you know, like this episode, uh, check out our other episodes too. We have a ton, a ton of stuff out. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, too, we'll be having some really great guests. Um, so make sure you guys tune in, set your reminders. Um, but appreciate you guys uh, tapping in with us. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And uh, we'll connect uh, next week. Same time. Same time. See y'all. Peace. All right. There you go.